Good morning, and happy 4th of July to all of you. Good to see all of you this morning. Last week, Pastor Brandon started a new series called Living by Faith. He's taking this out of Hebrews 11. He started the series by giving us a definition of what faith is. This week, we're going to be taking a look at the heroes of faith. The heroes of faith are the heroes from the Old Testament. So we're going to be taking a look at them, and we're going to be taking a look at their faith. This is a chapter about faith, after all. But specifically, we're going to be taking a look at the gifts God gave them because they had faith in God. I guess you could call it their superpowers. Superpowers from God because of their faith. After all, we are talking about heroes. So, every week we're going to be talking about a new hero, and we're going to be talking about a new superpower. For example, this week we're going to be talking about Abel, and we're going to be talking about how God made him righteous. But before we continue, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be together with you. Lord, we ask that you would guide us as we dive into your word. Help us to learn what it is that you want us to understand more about you, ourselves, and those around us. Father, we ask that you would guide our time together, Lord, and help it to be fruitful for your purposes. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. So we are in Hebrews 11, verse 4. Now let me just give you a little bit of background. So we're going to be talking about a guy named Abel. If that sounds familiar to you, we are talking about one of the sons of Adam and Eve. So we're going way back here. We're also, and he's also, actually, he's got a very famous brother named Cain. So the story we're going to be looking at is the story of Cain and Abel. We're also, as I mentioned, we're going to be taking a look at the superpower that Abel was given. And what this does is it helps us to understand the power that is in faith that we have in God. So Abel was made righteous for his faith in God. And let's go ahead and get into the verse. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So we can see in this passage that there are two things that Abel gets for his faith. First of all, he gets righteousness. And we'll be uh, covering that in just a little bit. But he also gets to be able to speak to us from the grave. <laughs> okay, well that sounds a little freaky, but it's actually pretty straightforward. It just means that since Abel was faithful to God. His story is now in the Bible. So as we read his story, he is, in a sense, speaking to us today. So what do we learn from this passage? We learn that uh, faith in God gives righteousness to us through God. Faith in God, because we have faith in God, God will give us righteousness. So now the question becomes, is righteousness really a superpower? Or what really is righteousness? That's a, that's a term that a lot of Christians use that we can read about. But do you really understand what righteousness means? Well, let me give you another term that you might be more familiar with. Self-righteousness. That's a term that we probably have come across more often. That's where you think that you're all that, right? It's fake righteousness. And we probably all have come across at one time or another somebody who was self-righteous. 
So the verse does not teach us anything about righteousness in itself. Instead, we learn that faith in God, in other words, we think God is all that, makes us righteous, makes us right before God. In order for us to understand what righteousness is about, we got to go to Galatians 5.22. And we can see that when we are right before God, we get these gifts, and we are changed in kind of a fundamental way. We have peace. We have patience and goodness. We are gentler. We are kinder. We are more joyful. And we actually grow in our faith. We feel more loved and we have more self-control. If you had more of any one of those attributes in your life, the people around you would notice you would feel an improvement in your life, much less all of those. So how can that not be viewed as anything less than a superpower? Now, just to make a distinction here, it is not your faith that generates righteousness. It's not your faith that automatically makes you righteous. God does this because of your faith. It's like a a kid who's being nice to his parents and his parents buy him a toy. The kid being nice doesn't just produce a toy. It's because the parents give it to him. It's the same way with us being faithful to God. Our faithfulness in God just doesn't automatically make us righteous. The righteousness is a gift from God. Righteousness is a superpower from God. I mean, think about it. All of these things, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and so on and so forth, These are fundamental aspects of life. This is meaning of life kind of stuff. This is satisfaction with life. And when you have these things, the world's influence on you is diminished, reduced, and possibly even eliminated. Being righteous before God, being right before God, changes everything. But how does that work? Well, we're going to look at the story of Abel. But before we go there, I, I want to warn you, there's a, there's a darker part of this story. It's a warning from Cain about what happens when we seek righteousness without faith in God. And it's found in Genesis 4. You may want to turn to this because we're going to be there for a while. If you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 4. So Genesis 4, verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. In other words, he accepted Abel's offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. In other words, he did not accept it. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. He was uh, very discouraged. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. In other words, the the power of sin is going to come and and, uh, take over. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, And when they were in a field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And this is such a smart aleck response. 
He says, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. It's a tragic story. I can just picture it, though. I can picture Abel standing there in the field looking over his flock of sheep. And maybe he's thinking about, man, this is so much work. Nobody's ever shown me really how to be a shepherd before. I'm kind of one of the first ones here. And these sheep, man, they're just always trying to kill themselves. This is really seriously hard work. And then maybe he he notices a flash of a flaming sword off to the west and is reminded, there's that angel guarding the garden of Eden. (laughs) It's hard to get out. And he thinks about, you know, God is so distant from us now. It's not at all like my parents described it. How they were able to walk hand in hand with God and the the intimacy and the fellowship was just rocking. It was so awesome. I wonder if we'll ever be like that again. But a couple of days ago, God had some great news. He told me that there's a way for me and for Cain to get closer to him. I was so excited to hear it. And he said all it does is it requires a sacrifice, a sheep. Now, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a little hesitant. It's because I've got plans for the sheep. I, I might really need the sheep in order to be able to get through the year. But you know what? I really want to be closer to God. The way that my parents described it, I just, I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of it, but there's just that distance, and to be able to be closer to him would just be amazing. And I, I, I really do trust God. I think that he's going to help me through the year, no matter what, so I'm going to do it. And as Abel's standing there, he can hear Cain coming up behind him, and he turns and he sees a very angry Cain. Boy, Cain is mad. He's really piping hot. He's had a very bad day. In fact, his whole week has kind of been shot. You know, all of this work, gardening and and raising crops, This is a lot of work. There's always so much to do. And you know what? I bet you I'm working a lot harder than Abel is. And he's, I'm so worried about about having enough food for the year. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get through the year. So actually, God just came up to me recently, and he said that I can grow closer to him. And I thought, well, why not? That sounds like a good idea. My parents have always talked about how great it is to be closer to God. So why don't we do that? But then God said it's going to cost me a sacrifice i got to give up some of my crops. And I thought, well, that's, that's not going to be helpful for me. That's really not going not to be helpful at all. But my parents keep telling me it's so awesome being close to God. So I thought, all right, I'll try it. That was not a good idea. It was not. It was such a mistake to do that. I checked all the boxes, and I did everything right. Well, I did most of the things right. But, and, and you know what God said? He said, not good enough. I was crushed. And I lost all that produce. It's just sitting there in the sun, rotting away. I'm behind even further than I was, and I got nothing out of it. I know, I know. I'm supposed to give to God the first of my harvest. I get that. But you know what? He doesn't really need the food, and I I need the food. Maybe I'm not going to have enough crops. So I'm just going to make sure that I have enough crops first. And then 
if I have enough left over, I can give God his stuff. How is that not a better plan? This way, everybody gets something, right? Isn't that much better? And I ended up giving just as much as Abel. I did everything that was required, just like Abel. You know what? I've been working before that kid was even born. We've both been taught the same thing. We grew up the same. We both have the same backgrounds. We both went out and made a living for ourselves. And I give a sacrifice, and it's no good. I am just as righteous as Abel. You know what? When you really look at it, I'm probably more righteous, really, when you look at it. You know what? And this morning, it got even worse. God says, I can do better. (laughs) I can do better. I give the same as Abel, and I'm supposed to do better? All right, all right. I understand my attitude isn't always the best. I, I get that. And I need to have more faith in God. And I get that too. All right. So I'm, you know, I'm working on that. But everything was basically right. My actions were correct. The timing was just off. Are you kidding me? I just gave a little bit later. How can this not be enough? So then God gives me this warning. And he says, sin is going to control me. Yeah, right. Like anybody's going to control Cain. Cain controls Cain. I can tell you that right now. And I'm doing just fine, thank you for very, very much. You know what? I'm going to go talk to Abel. God thinks Abel is so righteous. We'll see about that. So Cain leaves, and he goes and finds Abel. And when he finds him in the field, he calls out to him. And Abel sees how mad Cain is. And as Cain gets closer, Abel can hear how mad Cain is. You know, and maybe, maybe Abel turns because he doesn't want to deal with all this anger from Cain. And maybe Cain takes that wrong. But whatever it is, Cain just decides this is enough. And he hits. He hits him. He hits Abel. And he kills him. And he's dead. And you know what? The violence of it all probably surprised him. Because no human had ever killed another human before. Righteousness is a really big deal. 1 John 3.10 tells us about it. By this is it evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. Righteousness is a superpower from God. Being right before God is amazing. Joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, so on and so forth. But we only get this through faith in God, with trusting God with our life. Everybody wants joy, peace, kindness, and so on and so forth. But they try to skip over the having faith in God, and they end up with something false. And it's unsatisfying. And it happened to Cain. And it can happen to each of us. In the Cain and Abel story, there are three distinct faith destroyers that try to stop us from having a faith-filled and righteous life. Cain wanted to look 
righteous. But he didn't want to be righteous. See, God showed Cain how to become righteous before him. And Cain said, nope, not interested. Cain wanted to look and feel righteousness. And we have a term for that. And it's called self-righteousness. And this is the first faith destroyer. Self-righteousness destroys faith. Self-righteousness destroys faith. Self-righteousness is fake righteousness. It's us trying to give a superpower to ourselves. We don't have that capability. That's beyond us. Self-righteous people are not very fun to be around. Self-righteous people make the rules. They set the standard. Then they change the rules and set new standards. They want to be in charge of their life. And honestly, if we're really willing to look at ourselves in the mirror, many of us fall into this trap on occasion. But we can identify it in ourselves and others. Self-righteousness is like the stereotypical teenager. They know everything. Now, not my teenagers, obviously, and not your teenagers or any teenagers that are here. It's the, the other people's teenagers, right? Teenagers, they, you, you try to correct them and they get annoyed and they dismiss you as being wrong. You ask them to make a sacrifice and they complain endlessly. It's too much. I can't handle it. We need to choose whose way we're going to follow in life. Are we going to be more like Abel and choose God? Abel was so happy for the opportunity to grow closer to God. Or are we going to be more like Cain and choose our own way? We'll become more self-righteous and working towards a fake righteousness. Well, there's a little test that we can do on ourselves. When we're around people who are truly righteous, not self-righteous, not like, you know, you know worship the ego here, right? I'm talking about humble people. People who are truly kind to others. They're, they're, you can see the goodness, right? When you're around them, do, do you resent them just, just a little bit? Aren't they kind, of, they kind of rub you wrong? Well, that's a little bit of Cain that's, that's, that's coming out on that. Or do you admire them? Are you somewhere in between? See, fake hates the real thing. Something that's fake can't stand to be around the real thing because it exposes them. And that's why there's so much hate towards Christianity right now. Cain was faking it, and he killed the real deal. Cain killed Abel. So perhaps self-righteousness, that's just not a temptation for you. Maybe for you, you're struggling with your faith, and you're struggling with getting more peace in your life, because you're all about the good. The three goods, right? Being good, doing good, and looking good, right? That's, that's where you're maybe at? Well, that comes to the second faith destroyer. Wanting the good without God destroys faith. Wanting the good without God destroys faith. Cain did absolutely everything right in his mind. <laughs> The problem was that he didn't have faith. Cain looked just like Abel. 
He came from the same home. He was raised by the same standards. He had a very similar life. But his heart couldn't have been more different. Cain and Abel both did a sacrifice. And Cain's sacrifice looked good. If you looked at it on the altar, it looked perfect, just like Abel. But God knew the truth. Cain was looking good, and he thought he was good. And when God came up to him and said, this is how you become good, he said, nope. So the question for us is, where is God in your life? Is he more of a judge or is he a savior? Is he more a lawmaker or a life giver? We may think that we're good, but the reality is, is that we're not. And we need to pursue a good God. Cain would rather fake the good than trust God with his life. And Abel, that guy just loved God. And he had faith and he trusted God with his life, and because of that, God made him good and righteous. So maybe this fake goodness isn't your struggle either. Some people struggle with their faith and finding joy because of just sheer busyness. And this is the third and the final destroyer of faith. Busyness destroys faith. Busyness destroys faith. Now, we don't know for a fact that Cain struggled with busyness. We've got some indications from the passage that maybe he did. But one thing is for sure, is that our society absolutely struggles with busyness. Cain was not a patient man. He wanted his problem gone now. And he couldn't be bothered doing it God's way. And this is a very typical example for busyness. See, the reality is that a relationship with God takes time. It takes effort. There are setbacks. You have to be willingness to look at the ugliness inside of you and face that. It's hard stuff. Faith in God takes time, and Cain was not willing to give it the time. But Abel prioritized God, and because of that, he was made righteous. How about us? Are we willing to put time into building our faith in God? God gives us the choice of faith. He gives us the choice of faith. Abel believed in the truth about God. And he put his faith in God. And his actions came out of that faith that he had in God. And God made him righteous. And because of that, Abel got his heart's desire and he is with God today. <clears throat> That's what he wanted more than anything else. <clears throat> the faith the case for faith in God is a strong case. You don't need to take my word for it. You can try it out yourself. Go to God. Be humble and be real with God. Push aside the self-righteousness. Push aside the, the thought that you are, are just fine, that you're good. Push aside the busyness. Like I said, be humble. Be real with God. And he will reveal himself to you. Test his promises for your life and see if they're true. Read his word and see if it's a good guide for you for life. Invite him into your life and see what happens. Obey his commands. 
Is it, in fact, a better way to live? Put your trust in him. Turn your self-righteousness, excuse me, put, turn your self-righteousness, your pursuit of the good and the busyness, turn that into faith instead. We can choose to be like Cain, or we can choose to be a hero like Abel. The world needs more heroes. The world needs more people who are representing God to the world. God gives us the choice. He's given us a beautiful gift, a superpower in righteousness, and so many more gifts as well. It's all simply a matter of faith. In a little while, we're going to be